Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. everything from you that you desire for us to receive, we'll receive that. None of us will walk out of this place having missed something that you have for us to hear, to respond to. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that you are good. You are only good. And this is a special moment for each one of us. This just really feel like you need to understand, each one of us, you need to understand this evening that this is right where you need to be on this very moment, on this very day. Thank you, Father, for, for an expectancy in our hearts that's going to give birth to so much fruitfulness, so much transformation. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Uh, before, as we were worshiping, just a, another word or a picture that I got as we were worshiping is, is one of like, a, you know, those bubbles that you're blowing, uh, like the kiddies bubbles, like you uh, dip it into the, like the, the soapy water and you blow the bubbles and it's quite like, it's beautiful and you amaze for a few moments and then pop, the bubble is, uh, is away and then you have to kind of re-dip and blow again. And uh, I just really sense that there's a number of, this, of, of us here this evening um, who's kind of, your, your life at the moment is going in the direction of like, there's, there's moments of amazement and it's like, man, this is awesome. Like I'm, I'm running in my lane and wow, God is good. And then pop, it's just like you're down again and you're in the dumps and man, what, what am I doing? Like, what's the purpose of life? Where's God? Where's my friends? Whatever you fill in the blank. And, and the encouragement is this, that, and then we, we receive a similar word, word this morning, actually. The encouragement is this, the, the, the reason why you kind of bubble one moment amazing and then pop is the way that you've built your life, your belief system. Your belief system is not shaped and found on the word. Your, your belief system is, has been shaped up until this moment by circumstances, by, 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 by experiences. And experiences are amazing. But you can't build a foundation on experiences. You can't build a relationship with God by experiences. And so there's a word of encouragement for, for someone. And as you respond to it, you can actually experience life. You can experience freedom from, from that word. This evening, we're going to look at specifically just the... the it's, a, it's a broad topic. And um, it's a topic that maybe some of us have, have become too familiar with. And it's never uh, good to become too familiar with any topic, any, any, any word, any, any illustration from the word. Um, whenever you get to a moment where someone opens up the Bible, John 3.16 is a great example. Someone opens up their Bible and uh, let's go to John 3.16 and you think, oh. <laughs> just rebuke yourself. Just uh, receive a, a loving rebuke from God that you are prideful and you are arrogant. And uh, what does the word say? Those who are prideful, those who are arrogant will not receive anything from the Lord. And uh, so uh, let's, let's not fall into that camp. Let's, let's really even, with, with regards to the, the beginning of a new year, um, challenge ourselves with regards to whenever 
we go to a verse or a passage of scripture that that will resist the temptation to think I've, I've I've milked this scripture. I've, I've received everything from it that, that uh, God has asked for me to receive from it. Amen. So tonight we're, we're going to look at and talk about intimacy specifically and knowing God, knowing Jesus intimately. Because that is really what, what God firstly desires for each one of us. Because what happens when you are enjoying intimacy? Intimacy gives birth to fruitfulness. And God really desires for each one of us to have a fr- fruitful 2023. But one thing that we need to realize, and Shane ministered on this last week, is that the fruitfulness of your year is going to be determined by a number of decisions that you make. Not just one time or, uh, at the 1st of Jan or the 31st of December, but every day for the rest of this year, you're going to get to make decisions that's either going to facilitate intimacy or it's not going to facilitate intimacy. Amen? So a question that I want to ask us in opening is, can you firstly know someone intimately through someone else? Just think about that like, can you practically know someone intimately through someone else? Maybe to a degree, but not in the way that you can directly, personally, right? And in the same way, can you know someone intimately through something else? Again, not really. Like it can give you an indication or it can facilitate you wanting to know more about the person, but it cannot in and of itself facilitate and give birth to intimacy. Intimacy needs to be experienced personally, and God desires that for each one of us. Knowing Him personally, knowing Him intimately. And I, as I open up in prayer, I really pray that tonight we'll each, every one of us will leave this place with a deeper sense, a deeper awareness, a deeper understanding of the intimacy that we get to experience with God on a daily basis, 24-7. Not just on a Sunday when the music's playing and there's a goosebump and there's prophecy shared. But that will daily start to step more into this life that Jesus came to facilitate and came to give us, which is intimate relationship with the Heavenly Father. God, the creator of the universe, desires for you to know Him intimately, personally. Not just me up front, not just Shay, not just the guys who've uh, gone through many years of Bible school or Bible college or whatever the case may be, but every child of God, every person on the face of the earth, God desires us all to know intimately and personally through personal experience and that is really what the, our ministry is about is is facilitating that and and uh, being equipped being trained being being uh, given the word to to help us and guide us in these amazing truths that god has for us his desire for us to know him intimately now like i said uh, shane marketed ministry school already and from personal experience, ministry school really, and our ministry school has uh, developed a lot and it's uh, taken different shape and different form, and uh, that's awesome. Um, if, you've, if you've been fast for any number of, of uh, days, weeks, months, or years, uh, you would know this. One of the, the, the things that we take to heart is changes yet to stay. And it's grammatically maybe like an incorrect statement, but what, what we mean by that is we're never going to get to a place where we settle and we're like, okay, cool, we've arrived. Because no, no person on the face of the earth, no ministry should ever get to a place where like, okay, cool, we've arrived, you can't teach us anything. No believer should ever get to that place. And so ministry school, we've, uh, we've developed and it's ad- uh, adapted and it's changed so much because every year or every time we go through it or, or as God gives us, uh, um, as we come to uh, 
fresh revelation because there's nothing new under the sun, right? So there's not really a new revelation, just a fresh revelation or, or you coming to awaken to a reality that's always been. That's an awesome uh, uh, um, statement of confidence, right? Of, of assurance that everything that's, that God has ever desired for the, the church to know has already been made known. We just need to come to discover it, to awaken to it, to open up our eyes and our hearts to that. And so ministry school is really a, one of the, the ministries that Shane uh, marketed that will really impact your life and will really facilitate so much growth, so much uh, uh, developing into your purpose and being equipped for a life of significance. Because Zuya wants to live a life of significance. I want to. I want to live a life of significance. I want. I love to use this example because it's so practical, and the word is practical, and, and ministry is practical. But I want to. I want to make decisions today that is going to impact my funeral. What do I mean by that? The things that people are going to say at my funeral is determined by the decisions that I'm making on a daily basis, and each one of us gets to decide what kind of send-off we're going to have. That's powerful. That's awesome, right? The, the, the type of celebration, the type of send-off that we get to have at our funerals is determined by no one else than you. No one else. No one else is going to be, uh, to, to, to be blamed for you having a, a poor um, attendance at your funeral. The people that are going to be at your funeral is because of the decision you made. Because of the type of life that you lived. And ministry school is a decision that is going to equip and facilitate for you to have a great funeral one day. It's one of those decisions that you get to make. Amen. Hebrews 1 verse 1 to 3. God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in the time past unto the fathers by the prophets, as in these last days spoken unto us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things by whom also He made the worlds who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power when He had in Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Now, there's a lot that uh, we can uh, get into in uh, these few verses, but the, the one thing that I just want to focus on for us for this evening and tonight is, is realizing again who Jesus is and what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to represent perfectly the nature of God. And the awesome thing here that we need to also understand is there was a time and there was moments where, where people had to go via another person, the priest. And the priest could go into the temple and the priest could do the, 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 the prayers and the sacrifices and the whatnot. But today, there's something new that we get to experience. Through personal intimacy, we get to enjoy the Holy of Holies. We are seated. We have become. This is, this is amazing. In time past, there were temples. There were buildings where people went to for worship, for prayer. Each one of you seated here tonight, you have become that temple. You have become the dwelling place of God's Spirit. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. But the... the the amount of intimacy, the amount of joy that you are experiencing from that truth is, is determined by no one else than you. You are 
for a lack of better words or better phrases, you are your own worst enemy when it comes to the type of relationship and the type of experience or uh, intimacy that we get to experience with God. But from Hebrews chapter 1, again, the, the, the emphasis that I want to put out for us and pull out for us here is, is the fact that Jesus came and through Jesus, each one of us gets to experience personal, intimate relationship with God. Jesus perfectly defines for us what, what this intimacy looks like in John chapter 17 verse 3. And he says, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Now this word knowing is not just an intellectual knowledge. It's not just about, okay, cool, I, I know John 3.16, I can quote it. Like I know why Jesus died on the cross. I, I kind of have an idea of, of uh, just the, 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 the creation of the world, Genesis, Adam and Eve. I've got, if, I, if I've had, had to write a, a test of the Bible and test my Bible knowledge, I would, I would get, get a B. And some of us would be satisfied with a B and some of us would get an A and some would get an A+. Plus. But this is not what it's talking about. This knowledge that Jesus is defining or telling us what the eternal life is about, it's not about just knowing Jesus and God intellectually. It's about knowing Him personally and intimately. And throughout the word, this word knowing is used in reference to a husband and a wife coming together to have children. And so it's so much more than just, hey Jamie, how are you? What's your birth date? How old are you? Like that's, that's, that's a very superficial relationship. I know Jamie more than that. I've spent time with her in the hospital through all of the things that she's gone through. Like I know her desires and some of her challenges and things like that. Why? Because there's a relationship. And all of us get to enjoy a relationship and determine what kind of relationship we have with the person sitting next to us. And so in that same very way, all of us get to decide and determine what kind of relationship we're going to have with God. How intimate we're going to enjoy that. And, and one of the things that is a a word that's blessed me a lot and it's a it's throughout the word we see this and it's a word that you might need to kind of uh, take hold of and, and allow the Holy Spirit to to enable and help you embrace this word more and it's the act of vulnerability vulnerability some of the guys you think ah isn't vulnerability just for the woman um, and uh, it's not it's vulnerability each one of us gets to to embrace vulnerability and we see this in the garden um, Adam and Eve they were naked and they weren't ashamed nakedness is, is vulnerability and in marriages those who are married like the, the, the degree to what you are vulnerable in your marriage is definitely a key to the, the amount of joy and intimacy that you're experiencing in your marriage and in relationships as well if you become vulnerable with someone else, your, your, your relationship becomes closer. Some of you have uh, maybe shared some hard things with uh, another believer and you're automatically after you kind of open up, you experience a different type of relationship after that, right? Any of you have experienced that? Like I'm, uh, I've got some, uh, some good responses. So it's important to understand in the same way with God, like God isn't inviting us to, to fake it till we make it. This church, this community is not about you pretending to have your act together. It's about being vulnerable. And we can't force you as leaders uh, and as family, as brothers and sisters. No one can force another believer to be vulnerable. You get to determine whether you're going to be vulnerable. Because you can kind of hide a lot of things. Right? Unless the Holy Spirit maybe gives someone a word of knowledge and we can uh, draw something out of you and pull it out of you. 
But oftentimes we get words up front and no one responds to it. Yet the word was given and God inspired that word and it was for someone but the person didn't respond. What happens with that? Nothing can happen with that. We see this in the account of of, uh, Jesus talking about the the parable of the wise man and the fool in Matthew 7. And uh, both men, the wise man and the fool, received the same information. The one acted on the information and responded to it. The other one also acted. A lack of, lack of decision is also decision. Not choosing is choosing. And so it's amazing that even tonight, and as the, the Spirit is ministering, and as we receiving the Word, all of us are going to get to act and respond to the word, this Word, and by default, we'll be classified and we'll step into wisdom, so to speak. Or we can choose to not respond to the Word, and you'll be deemed a fool. So how how, how cool is that, that each one of us can walk out of this place being a fool or being a wise man? And all you need to do is respond. That's simple. The world goes through so many things and studies so many things to be classified as a wise man. All All the word and Jesus requires of us is responding to what He's made available to us. And you'll live a life of wisdom. So Jesus defines for us what eternal life is about and Christianity is about. And it's about intimacy, knowing Jesus Christ, knowing God personally and intimately. And this is the very fact why, why this, this very thing is one of the biggest challenges that we'll face in this life as Christians. Is this, this mindset and things that are hindering us from experiencing intimacy with God. Because this is the very thing that He desires for us. That's the very reason that Jesus died for us. Before He died for us, man could not experience God intimately. There was a separation. There was barriers. A holy God could not have fellowship with an unholy people. And so Jesus came to deal with that. So we would become His holiness. So we become saints. So we would receive His Spirit and be one Spirit with Him. And so that is God's desire from the beginning of time. It's been intimacy, relationship, fellowship with man. To experience unbroken communion with us. And so that very thing that God desires, this world and various things are coming, pulling against that. And so some of those things we'll, uh, I'll, I'll talk about and we'll, we'll get into it in a moment. But let's go to Romans chapter 6, verse 10. I'm going to read from the Amplified Classic Translation, verse 10 and 11. For by the death he died, he died to sin, ending his relation to it once for all. And the life that he lives, he is living to God in unbroken fellowship with him. Even so, consider yourselves also dead to sin and your relation to it broken by the life to God, living in unbroken fellowship with Him in Christ Jesus. This is something that a message and the Word on a Sunday evening in and of itself cannot set you up for, for enjoying this truth and enjoying this reality for the rest of your life. It's, it would have been amazing if it was that simple, where like you receive a word once and it just completely transforms you and you'll never be challenged with that, 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 that kind of, that setting apart, so to speak. There's been, there's been revelations that I've had and personal experience in my life that it's, 
I'm at a different place today than I was 10 years ago, but still every now and then those same challenges of 10 years ago would kind of want to jump up in my heart and in my mind and I would still be faced with those things. Why is that? Because when we receive the Spirit of God and when we receive His perfect righteousness, there's still a continual renewing of our minds. And it's going to be there and that, that process is going to be there until the returning of Christ. That's why it's important to understand spirit, soul, and body, which is what, not what we're going to get into, into this evening. But it's awesome to know that God's desire, and as Jesus is experiencing in this parallel uh, uh, that we see in Romans chapter 6, as Jesus is experiencing unbroken fellowship with God, experiencing perfect relationship with God, so too God desires for us to also enjoy and experience this. Now I said uh, I want to deal with some intimacy killers and there's, there's many, but uh, there's just a few that was put on my heart to, to deal with tonight and to get into so that we can deal with these things, so we can be aware of these things, push them aside and enjoy the intimacy and perfect relationship with God as Jesus intended for us. So let's go to 2 Corinthians 5.21 first. And um, a lot of these, these things we'll get into more in depth and in detail in the coming year. The year is still... Uh, um, Full of uh, gatherings and different uh, opportunities of growth and getting into the Word. So uh, we're not going to flesh all of these things out completely. But one intimacy killer is found here. Uh, or uh, we'll, we'll look at it from 2 Corinthians 5.21. says, For He has made Him to be sin for us. This is talking about Jesus who knew no sin so that we would be made the righteousness of God in Him. Intimacy killer number one. It's not believing that you are the righteousness of God. Not believing that you have right standing with God 24-7. How can you say that, Etienne? Because that is what the Word says. So if the Word says it, I believe it. That should be how our lives are shaped. If the Word says it, I believe it. It doesn't necessarily always mean it's going to be easy to believe. Or just going to come naturally to believe. But if we at least choose to, to, to make a conscious effort to say, Father, this is difficult. I'm struggling with this. This truth. I, I, I believe it's the truth. But help me understand this. Help me see the application of this. Some of you are maybe feeling here this evening. And it's, it's, it's not a, a word of knowledge. It's a, just... it's. It's how it works. Oftentimes in the Christian church, we have this belief of, if I act wrong, then I am wrong. <laughs> Another way to say is, if I sin, then I'm a sinner. Shane uh, uses this example, and uh, it's very practical. It carries the point across. My, my boys also actually started barking recently. Um, <laughs> And growling and making all kinds of funny noises. Um, a lion, for example. Um, Chris growls like a, or roars like a lion often. Um, does that change his nature? Does, does he now, because he's, he's, he's roaring like a lion, does he become a lion in that moment? No. no. He acts like a lion, right? And it's, it's hilarious. It's funny. It's, uh, I enjoy it. But his nature doesn't change in that moment when he acts like something. In the same way, when you receive God and when you become the righteousness of God, your nature changes. 
Now your nature changed to saint, to holy one, to righteous, blameless. That's your nature. That's who you've become. Because you've received Christ. You've received this nature. Now after that moment, you can have days of acting like a sinner. Question. Does acting like a sinner now make you a sinner? If your nature has changed? No. It's amazing. It changed my life when I came to know this. And it changed the way that I enjoyed relationship with God because not believing that you have right standing with God will be an intimacy killer for you. It will hinder you from enjoying relationship with God 24-7. Even when you're having a horrible day, even when you just lose your temper, you become impatient with your wife for whatever reason. I can't think of an example now. Um, <laughs> even those moments where, man, praise God that I've received this truth and it's been planted in my heart and no moment of weakness, no moment of stupidity hinders me from right from that moment going to God and saying, thank you, Father. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and that I get to enjoy perfect intimacy and right standing with you. Mm. It's a game changer. We need to kill this. We need to fight the lie coming against us daily saying that you are not righteous, you are not worthy, you don't have right standing with God because of this, because of that, because of your past. I've got a past, I've got a shaky past. I'm not going to get into it. But praise God for Jesus and that He came to completely and radically change my life. And so I won't give the devil time of day to come and throw my past in front of me. I've had moments where I had to stand in front of people and do weddings and whatnot, where my past was sitting in the audience. <laughs> it's not what you guys are thinking. I'm just talking about friends who know my past and things like that. Um, and I get those moments of feeling like, man, God, how am I going to do this? How are they going to take me seriously? And I push it aside and I carry on and I preach the gospel and I minister because what my past is and, and uh, the mistakes that I've made does not determine who I am today and what Jesus is doing in my life and is continuing doing in my life. So in those very moments, practically speaking, my understanding and my belief of the intimacy that I have with God 24-7, if I don't believe that, don't believe that I have right standing with God in that very moment will hinder me from being an effective minister to the people sitting in front of me. And so we need to deal with that intimacy killer. And again, it's not going to be just a once-off thing and it's like, okay, cool, it's dealt with now. I'll never have this challenge again. You'll have these challenges continually because we're living in this world and our minds are continually wanting to work against us. So we need to be attentive. We need to be vigilant. Romans 5 verse 7, another intimacy killer. 5 verse 7 to 8. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended us or demonstrated His love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This, like this is some, again, the, the Word of God can't just be read um, intellectually. It was never, it's not an intellectual book. The Bible is not an intellectual book. The Bible is a message of a man. It's a message of redemption. It's a message of salvation. 
through Jesus Christ. And we need to engage with them. Like Shane said with the, the conference coming up, the Transformational Gospel with David Youngren, he, uh, he talks a lot about meditation and the power of meditation from a biblical point of view. And meditation is super important for us. And when we look at, at a passage of Scripture, one simple verse like this, but God demonstrated or commends His love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We need to understand this wasn't just a, a so by the way moment. We could not save ourselves. We were not worthy for saving. The passage of scripture that we read, I can't remember now the, 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 the passage, I think it was Luke chapter, chapter 7, um, that we got into with the, the, the woman that was washing Jesus' feet and uh, ministering to him in that way. She experienced something. She experienced radical forgiveness. She understood the, 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 the ministry of Jesus. And man, when she worshipped, it wasn't a, just a so-by-the-way act of worship. They did, a, they did the, like a, what do you call it? They calculated the, the oil that she used and the amount of oil that she, she kind of a, a poured out onto Jesus in that moment. And they um, did, the, the, did the math and it equated to, for that specific woman in that time, to a year worth of wages. Now, I don't know about you, maybe you are stirred and maybe God is putting it on your heart to uh, give towards the ministry or your words of wages and we'd receive that gladly, um, only if it's not going to cause you to go hungry, um, uh, but we'll receive it gladly. But that's just something, if we, if we think about it and we consider that, just for a moment, we need to use our imagination. What would lead me to make a decision, a free will decision, to sacrificially pour out without receiving any benefit a year worth of wages. What would lead to that act, that kind of worship? It's nothing new that's going to lead to that. It's nothing that God needs to do to lead you to that. It's you coming to realize and awaken to what He's already done that will lead to that. Jesus laid it all down when we were at our lowest. When we couldn't give Him anything. He loves with that kind of love, without condition. And that is a, an intimacy killer. Thinking that God relates to us conditionally, loves us conditionally, gives good things for us conditionally. If you come to church every Sunday... For at least two months, then we can talk about that 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 car that you've been dreaming about. <laughs> it's, I mean, you have to laugh at it because that's some Christians think like that. Cool, I'm in God's good books now. Like I've I've done these things and I started serving at church and I even stopped watching that specific series and it's going wild. It's been two weeks now. Um, <laughs> And now you're thinking like for some reason like God is not going to reward you. God isn't a God of rewarding some and not rewarding others based on your performance or lack thereof. Any relationship that is based on a reward system conditionally 
or based on conditions, there will be a lack of intimacy. Friendships. Think about any friends that you have that they're there for you when, uh, at the end of the month normally. Like, they give you a call. Hey, Angelo, would you like to go to that uh, nice restaurant that you suggested? <laughs> Knowing that Angelo, end of the month, like it's going well with him, like he's got some spare cash to a blessed friend. <laughs> That's a conditional relationship. And guess what? Angelo's going to block my number eventually. <laughs> or just be busy. Or just be busy. Any relationship that is based on conditions will have a lack of intimacy. And so we need to refrain from thinking and, and we need to come to a place where, where we deny this, 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 this tendency to think that God relates to us conditionally. That His love towards us is conditionally. And Romans 5 verse 8 beautifully illustrates and just shatters that lie. When we could do nothing for Jesus, when we had our lowest low, sinners, some translations say, while we were enemies of God, Jesus chose to die for us. That is the kind of love that we get to experience from, from Him. John 10 verse 4, another intimacy killer. John 10 verse 4, and, and when He puts forth His own sheep, Jesus is talking about this parable, of the, the shepherd, the good shepherd and the sheep. And he says, when he puts forth his sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follows him for they know his voice. Another intimacy killer is not believing that you get to hear the voice of God. Mm-hmm. And man, this is something that, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm super thankful and grateful for the ministry and and uh, just the truth that we're sharing with regards to being able to hear the voice of God, being able to, doesn't matter how old a believer you are, how fresh a believer you are, it doesn't matter. The moment you say yes to Jesus, you receive His perfect Holy Spirit, mature, full. So, uh, Colossians 2 verse 10 says that you've been made complete in Christ. That is a, that's an instant of receiving the gift of life, to receive completeness. You receive the perfect ability to hear the voice of God. And when we come to, to grasp this fact and come to believe this truth, we can start experiencing a deeper sense of intimacy. It's like any relationship again. The better you understand someone, the, the clearer the communication, the greater the, the relationship, the more intimacy you can enjoy in and through that relationship. So this is Another one that, that I really feel God wants to relate to all of us and, and really kind of uh, put the nail in the coffin, so to speak. And maybe you're here this evening and you're struggling to hear the voice of God and you're thinking, man, because of this, I can't hear the voice of God or I haven't received that gift or I haven't done this or I haven't done that. Lies, lies, lies. Why? What does the word say? My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. If Jesus said it, I believe it. Now you need to determine whether you're going to believe it or not. Like I said, we are often our greatest enemy. Let's go to John chapter 8 and we're coming to a close. Just again realizing that God has asked for us to to enjoy His intimacy and to enjoy relationship with Him. 
And it's a, it's a, it's got more than one function. Firstly, it is because He loves us, because He wants us to experience His love. But then He also desires for, for that very experience to lead to something. Lead to fruitfulness. Because fruitfulness is attractive. Now, I'm not talking attractive in the sense of someone wanting to marry you or something like that. It will lead to that as well, praise God. When you, you're experiencing intimacy with, with Jesus and it changes you and people start noticing the fact that you are patient, that you are constant, that you are experiencing peace continually, that you are a servant to people, things like that. Yes, that, that, that's going to happen as well, but I'm talking about bearing fruit that people come to and want to spend time with you and you get opportunity to share Jesus with them, the one who's bringing about this fruitfulness. And they get to receive Christ. And become part of the family of God. So intimacy always brings fruitfulness. Not sometimes. Intimacy is always intended to bring about fruitfulness. Otherwise it's fake intimacy. It's superficial intimacy. John 8 verse 31 and 32 says this. And then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him. If you continue in my word. You are my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Again, the word knowing you. Again, the same one as in John 17 verse 3. It's not just intellectual. It's personally, intimately knowing the truth. And Jesus called himself the way, the truth, and the life. So again, the truth is linked to who Christ is, what he's done for us, what he's accomplished for us. When we come to know the reality of Christ's finished work, it will bring about fruitfulness, freedom in our lives. That is what this is talking about. But verse 31 is amazingly linked to verse 32. If you continue in my word, intimacy is not just a once in a while kind of thing that God intended for us. It's a continuation of something. Continually walking, continually expressing more vulnerability, continually desiring to learn more of Jesus. Be challenged more by who He's created us to be, to step out more. It's not just a once-off thing, it's a continuation. And it's difficult to kind of, again, put that in words because Christianity in, in a large sense has just become this thing of like, cool, come to the party, receive Christ, enjoy Him, let's sit around a campfire, sing Kumbaya and have a little bit of a cuddly, like a, a goosebumpy moment and that's about it. And we, we live from that one moment, that one experience to another. That's not what Jesus came to do for us. He came for us to enjoy intimacy, but also through that intimacy to experience freedom and to experience transformation. John 15 verse 8 to 12. Herein is my Father glorified. Pause. Herein is my Father glorified. So something is falling that's going to bring glory to God. Okay? Let's pay attention. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Okay? So what is God glorified through? Fruit bearing. How does fruit bearing come? If, if 
If a husband and a wife has children, how did the children come? Intimacy. So herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Fruitfulness comes through intimacy. God's desire for us is intimacy because intimacy leads to fruitfulness. Verse 9, as the Father has loved me, what has he done? Love them. So have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things have I spoken to you that, you, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Intimacy. Intimacy which brings fruitfulness. And this is, man, the message of the Bible, Jesus, is so simple. It's, but it's so simple that we often just miss it. We want to complicate it because we, we, like to, we like to sound clever, right? We like to sound profound. And <laughs> I'm thinking about this one friend. Um, man, he uses big words. And you can see like he, he's, like, he's intellectual and he... <sighs> And it's just like, it's just, it's putting forth something. It's, and I love Paul's statement. And he says that, I made it my, my mission, so to speak, I'm paraphrasing, to know nothing among you except Christ. May that become our missions and our mottos in life, that we're not about knowing a lot of things intellectually and wanting to just be able to quote scripture and this and that and next thing but that our lives become about authentically enjoying intimacy with God Jesus and desiring as he desires for that intimacy to lead to fruitfulness because intimacy that does not lead to fruitfulness it's fake it's superficial and it's not what God intended. Because that cannot bring about fruitfulness, which cannot bring glory to God. But praise God that it is as simple as, as I have loved you, so you love one another. In response to His love for us. And again, like it cannot just be intellectual, it cannot just be words. Oh, Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. For the Bible tells me so. <laughs> it cannot just be that. We need to go and take time out and meditate on and open up the Bible. Go and look at the life of Jesus because His life perfectly represented the way that He dealt with people. Sinners, the riffraff was drawn to Him. Why were people drawn to Him? He had something. He was oozing out. Love, unconditional, radical love. And that unconditional love had people wanting to enjoy intimacy with Him. And that's God's desire for us. And as we, as we pray, I just want to give us all an opportunity. Just, just think about it. There's always a, a response. There's always an a acting upon. Always an invitation for, for the Word. Whatever Word we receive. And it's part of the the cultures here at Grace Harvest is, uh, is res or, uh, res responding with sharing something that blessed you, something that stood out for you. Um, and we'll get to that in a moment so you can think on that. 
But it's super important for us to not just walk out of this, this place tonight and be like, wow, that was a, that was a cool word. Mm. Really cool. I enjoyed that. It was good. <laughs> Tomorrow morning, like, I'll think on that a little bit more and, and be thankful for it. Like, there's, there's, I shared that this, this morning as well. The fool in, um, in Luke chapter of... Um, I'm getting my, my passage of scripture uh, mess, messed up. The, the, the fool in Matthew chapter 7 um, with the parable of Jesus talking about the wise man and the fool and the wise man building his house on the rock and the fool building it on the, so- on the sand. The fool probably had this response. Jesus gave a cool word. And he was like, oh, cool word. <laughs> wow, that was, that, that, was, that was lovely. That was amazing. And then he walked away from that meeting, receiving all of this, this truth and revelation, and just like did nothing with it. Like, I've got this, Jesus. Like, I know how to build a house. Thank you very much. I like your way. Like, it's creative. I like those, uh, that, that kind of a structure that you, uh, that you had in mind. But I've got a different way, and it's, I think it's going to work out. Fool. Let's, let's, be, let's be wise in our approach and, and how we're going to leave this room this night and, and respond to it and take action. So thank you, Father, right now as we, as we bring this, this word to a close and this, this time of receiving your word that we can just, each one of us, there's a, there's a call to act upon this word. A call to deal with intimacy killers really pressing in and and desiring to and, and laying down any any preconceived ideas or even doctrinal lies that we've believed about firstly the righteousness that we get to experience and the right standing that we have with you the lie about us only being good enough and being worthy when we are living right or or stepping in line, and when we're stepping out of line, we can't enjoy intimacy with you. Thank you, Father, that we can deal with that lie. And that we can enjoy and experience hearing your voice. We put aside all of those, those lies, and even, even if you have a, a scripture right now, or things that are coming against, any, any truth that was shared tonight, just... Just even be vulnerable and humble enough to, to not just kind of push the truth aside or, or say like, this, this, this doesn't make sense to me. Come up. Ask someone. Let's, let's talk about this. Let, let's reason through the Word together. That's what God desires for us, to work through the Word together, reason through it together. Don't just be a a consumer, a spectator sitting on the sidelines and, and just going from one gathering, one meeting to another, just responding with, ooh, that was, that was lovely. But thank you, Father, that in whatever way your Spirit is leading and instructing and challenging us, that we can step into that more, Father. That you desire for us to bear much fruit through enjoying intimacy with you. Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Cape Town area, 
we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.co.